Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 2023 season of Power Spike here at Last Free Nation. Degon, Dom, and Monty to break down everything global. And we start things off with a classic segment of Power Spike. It's called Keep or Kick, where you either keep one option team player thing or kick one option player thing. And this week, we got ourselves a European special as they're already in week two of play. And we're starting not at the top end. But on the bottom end, as uh, you know, uh, you know, you have to pick from the bottom, bottom end. <laughs> yeah, uh, we it's keep or kick special edition. Do you keep or kick Fnatic or Excel? Two teams that had high hopes coming into the season and have now just plummeted down the rankings. Uh, Fnatic most recently, thanks to Evie's Cassanteve. I'm going to workshop that one. Uh, Monty, <laughs> let's go first. What do you think? So, by the way, the the Fnatic game where they just lost to Heretics after, like, losing a million Barons and the throws that <laughs> happened in that game was, like, 10 minutes ago. So that's fresh in my mind. So here's the logic that I have. I keep Excel, even though they have a worse record, even though they lost to Fnatic this week, because I think, I think Fnatic is played out. I think they're just played out. I have been waiting for so long to see this roster be effective with Razork and Humanoid. Humanoid has looked better than he did towards the end of the summer regular split. Like he's had some on games, but he's also still had some of those off games. If Razork and Humanoid don't have synergy by now, I just don't think it's ever going to happen. So I think we have to just throw in the towel with this Fnatic roster. I'm not liking what I'm seeing. And even though XL has right now been the worst team, I at least have hope that they can get their shit together. I have hope that there we do have MVP level performers like VTO on this roster. Odo Omni has been performing well in isolation on this. Yeah, he only team. got solo killed by who? Who did he get solo killed? Finn, the worst top <laughs> player in the league? Yeah, he only got oh, shit right, on right, Finn look, today. Look, a lot of the games Odo Omni has been fine. He has at least been in the bright spot, especially in their first week of competition. But... I think this roster... killed by Adam twice, but yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. I think this roster is more <laughs> redeemable saying. than Fnatic's roster. I think it's more redeemable than Fnatic's roster. Right. Well, my, my, my answer is I say kick both of them. Like don't, don't keep <laughs> either of them. Like, it's actually just so fucked up watching these teams play. I mean, the word I was using on stream to describe like the atmosphere around them is that they all just look despondent. That's how I feel like when you put the camera on them, they're just looking down. They're not smiling. You look at like the cams in game. They just have like their hands on their head. You know, they just die. You see them sigh. It just, it looks so depressing watching these teams play. It's like they all fucking hate each other or something. They just need to change like one or two players like immediately on both lineups because the reality is if you don't win this next week, you're fucked anyway, right? So I'm I'm thinking for XL, you probably just have to bench video for Abadage. That's the only option that you have right now that's available for you. Like, he's just on your, your lineup. He's your sub for a reason. I assume that, you know, he, he's somebody that you actually believe in as a player. He's not been the best player in LCS, but he's definitely, like, top half of the league permanently. Hey, look, he's top Tomra, three, top as soon four. as he got back into Europe, the skilled vampires from LCS left him, and now he's, he's good again, right? So maybe the same thing will happen with Abadage. The skill yeah. vampires. I like the way you put that. And for yeah. all of our friends at home that that don't really know, despondent. Uh, it's a uh, a look of loss due to a lack of uh, uh, was it courage and spirit or something like that. So it's uh, hot words for the SATs for our audience. There, it's <laughs> not good. I like 
at first, uh, I, I was agreeing with Monty. I was like, hey, you know what? I think it is an Excel keep. But when Dom brought up a couple of these points with Odwamne after like a couple, you know, he needed help in, in the early games of week one. But VTO tweeted out recently that, man, all he has is confidence and he's lost it. That's, yeah, I mean, that's he was like, right there. Look, he. He just needs a, a reset. You know, you can maybe bring him back. You just need to get to the next round, right? So just, man, he's like breaking down after after week two. Like you saw the tweet on the cameras. I think he was, I mean, I, he looked really sad. I'm not sure if he was crying or not. People came out to console him. Like this is week two of regular season. And this is like the, you know, just the aura around the team. And just is, this is how down they are already. So I just feel like you need to do anything. And, you know, maybe Abadage and Oduamne, last time they played, they had that miracle run together. Who knows? Maybe they'll so bring back there. So bring back Gilius too, like kick <laughs> Yeah, legit. Like I, I think actually, they would actually I actually play legit agree with kick Zerxay for Gilius. That's no, I, that's I, I think they I would unironically play better because it's not yep. even about them being bad players. They just like they're just so they're, the the mood of the team is so negative that it's like impossible for them to even perform. They're just like expecting it to all go wrong. They, they go into the game and they're already like, I wonder how we're gonna lose this one, or like Oh God! I I hope we don't lose another one. I hope we don't end up losing to Astralis. That would be really embarrassing. It's just you can tell the mindset is so it's such a loser mindset that you're just not going to be able to get out of it. So I, I think you need to just make an immediate roster change because it's week. It might be week three, but your split is over if you don't perform next week, right? I mean, it it almost is over right now. I mean, being one and five is extremely damaging at this point because you only play those those nine games and so realistically you at least have to win two of the the games next week if yeah. not all three um depending on how the rest of ev- the rest of everything shakes out like obviously fanatic losing uh and that last game helped xl quite a bit because now maybe they can kind of like claw their way back up a little bit yeah. um but it's going to I agree it's going to be really tough and I also agree with you Dom why not put in Abadage because you actually have nothing to lose you actually have nothing to lose next week. Uh, a, a cool byproduct of this new three split, one round robin uh, uh, split um, look of the LEC. Pretty cool thing. Last note here, Zerse, because we talked about it, and yeah, we threw in Gilius's name, but Zerse, he's done a lot of losing in the last several years. He was on Astralis, then came to North America to play on Immortals, then went back to Astralis. That's a player that has a lot of resolve and is still playing pro, but like... Who are you looking to to be the positive light to get your players back in a better form? It's not Zerse, and he's your veteran. So, all right, we'll see. Yeah, but I mean, veteran doesn't even mean anything. Like, he's a veteran, but he's a passenger veteran. He's been on a bunch of shit teams. Like, he's been on 10th place teams in LCS and in LEC. Like, he can be a good player in certain metas on certain champions, but he's not a leader. He's not somebody who's going to, like, rally the troops and, you know, be like, all right, guys, this is, like, how we're going to win the game. He'll just play the game, and if you lose, you lose. If you win, you win. He's also been more of a pathing focused farming jungler for a lot of his career, where I think they what they really need is a more active early game vocal jungler. And I just don't think Xerxes that guy. I mean, they just need to fucking where, wherever their hands went, they need to grow them back and fucking play some <laughs> league because when you watch when you watch the fucking bot lane trade, like go watch their Draven Nautilus laning from from today. It was appalling how disgusting that this this lane went. It's two hooks into a wall walking forward when your Nautilus has no hooks. It's what is going on? These players are fucking good. These players are actually good though. Like, like I don't believe that Targamus is actually shit. I don't think he's as bad as he he is. Like right now he looks like he's the bottom two support, right? Him and Mercer are the worst two supports in the league. 
I don't believe that to be true. I think there's such a negative attitude that it's bringing everyone's level down. So they need to, they need to just get it the fuck together. Hey, we were, we want to fuck it. You got fucking champions from last year. You got two champions from last year on this roster. So come on, like somebody's got to be able to like get, get a win over Astralis. Like this is a, a Astralis man, bro. Astralis doesn't even want to be there. Astralis is literally like griefing half their games. We got to be able to at least like lay into them evenly in counter matchups. <laughs> All right. So we've spent a lot of time on Excel. Is that where, is that still the team that we're picking here, Montique, after this long discussion? Hey, look, I still want to kick Fnatic. I think, I think there at least is more potential upside to Excel. I think I've seen the core of this Fnatic roster and I think it's played its course. But luckily with the new LEC format, we may be kicking both of them, as Dom says, next week, depending on their performance. Top eight make it the next phase. If Astralis yeah. makes it over Fnatic and XL, like just, <laughs> just, just don't even play the rest of the league. Just end the league right there and just take like a three-month break and just ridicule them. That's it. Like it's just well, that's too ridiculous. Well, thank you, Dom. That's a perfect segue to remind everyone at home to subscribe to our Inside on Esports Last Free Nation channel on YouTube, TikTok, and here on Twitch as well. Uh, to keep up with all things. Uh, League of Legends, and we'll get more subscribers than Astralis. So there you go. All right. So that was Keeper Kick. Next up, we got our segment called uh, Listen Up, Nephews, where you all at home have a take that is bad, and we're going to fix that. All right, y'all. It's time to listen up about LCS fandom. So when we heard earlier last year that LCS was moving to Thursday, Fridays, it was more fuel on the fire that was NA is not good. They didn't make it out of the group stages. Uh, now the viewership is going to die. They don't have LEC to pull the numbers, which is true, which is true. That was part of the reason why they wanted uh, time slots that had LEC viewership as a part of it. Uh, but it started leaving the North American audience in the dust, which is why they changed it up two more hours so that at least people in the East Coast would be off work to be able to watch. This opening weekend of the LCS was, in so many respects, fantastic. Everyone was bought into it from the casters, from the players, from the teams, from the fans. And I hope most people at home were as well. It felt very good and transformative in a way that it hasn't felt in a very long time. Dom and I were talking about it earlier where it felt like the good old days of League where it felt like all the teams had an opportunity. Everything was important to everyone. There was no lock-in tournament where we're just kind of skating by and easing into it. And so it's a reminder to fans everywhere of the LCS. Hey, look, you don't have to love the greatest League of Legends ever, the LPL, the LCK. We'll throw an LEC in there on the top end if you love the LCS. You don't have to. It is okay to love at times, lesser League of Legends because it's not as great if that's what you grew up on. If you have an affinity to those players and those teams and remind everyone like, hey, look, I love this league. And I think that was something that I lost a little bit last year as well. Like I'm the positive one about the LCS, but I really do love the LCS. I love the teams. I love the players. I love everyone that works on it and the storylines that are there. That's for me. And it's a reminder like, hey, look, people are going to joke you or whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, if you love that thing, that's fine. Don't claim that the best league in the world, we're going to win worlds. That's not true either. So that's where we usually get in trouble. But definitely lean into the fandom and the storylines. So there it is for our Listen Up nephews. I know we have a lot of European audiences that are going to go ahead and 
you know, crush us there. But I no, wanted to remind those I'm, LCS fans that that's. I'm going to jump on this too, Degon, because I was going to yeah. do a different idea in a different segment. But we'll just we'll just do the. I'll jump on your idea instead, which sure. is to say this: like, you guys have to give the LCS some time in order to make adjustments because you can. I'm sure there'll be viewership comparisons that are coming up and. It, honestly, the viewership was better than I expected, but it probably was less than previous opening weekends for LCS. But with the time, so not only did they change the time, right? They changed the time twice and they changed the date. So I think a lot of people were probably confused about where this is coming out. But we have to be honest here, which is they couldn't do nothing, guys. Doing nothing was the kiss of death for the LCS. It wasn't working. Viewership was declining. They were losing sponsors. Uh, doing nothing was not an option. So honestly, I really applaud Riot for having the balls to make big changes because you had to change something to see if this was going to work. Otherwise, it was just a slow slide into oblivion, right? And honestly, what I've been critiquing them about for years has been a lack of creativity, poor creative production, lack of risk-taking. And even if we don't like all of the things that we're doing, they're doing, at least we could admit that they are doing different things and some of those things are just going to be successful and they'll learn from that. So I'm, I'm actually quite positive about the LCS. And not only that, but we actually have a pretty interesting league. It doesn't feel super shitty. Uh, to watch as a fan as it has in, in years past. And we've got some exciting teams like FlyQuest that we might not have had before. We have some hilarious meme teams that are, at least are fun to watch for um, those reasons, like, a, you know, 100 Thieves, which is just, you know, a hoodie orc now, as they always were secretly. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, I think that the storylines are good. I liked the hype intro that they made for the league. I thought it was really fun and told some of the storylines visually. So you can really tell there's a different tone. Now, some of the things I still disagree with, such as the fact that they removed Dash, but just replaced him with Jat, who's doing Dash's job, but worse. So, like, that feels lame because I feel like, if there is anybody who is going to be a really good at stitching all these different ideas and personalities together and making those smooth transitions, it is Dash. So I have questions about them not using him. But for the most part, I think it's an improved product. Dom? Yeah, it's it's definitely way better. I mean, when you watch the, the previous years, it just felt like it was missing something. So I think there's more energy. Also, it wasn't fun. It just wasn't yeah. fun. I mean, <laughs> I think the, the weirdest thing that happened in this offseason was seeing like, all the fans randomly like attack Jackie because she's the commissioner. Like they think that she's Adam Silver from the NBA and she actually has like legit control over like what days they play on as if, you know, when, when big daddy riot comes down, it's like, okay, we're going to move Valorant to the weekend. She can be like, no, 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 we want, you know, move Valorant to the week. We're going to keep the weekends for LCS. We want consistency. Let's get the optimal time slot. Like that's, that's just not even within the scope of, of the possibilities for a commissioner w within the LCS. So, I think that just in general, the name it seems like a better product. Is a misnomer, right? Like, I feel bad for her because people are blaming her for things that are not her fault. And in my opinion, the things that she has control over, she's doing she's very well. She's been doing really well. Yeah. So there you go. Dom's a big fan. Restored full close streaming privileges to him throughout the entire year. Well, that, I mean, that, <laughs> honestly, that was, that was one of the things that, that, that she did. Yeah, she she did do that. But I know. Then that's also something that... that like when she went to talk about the league, she came to people like myself, people like LS and was like, hey, you guys have been critical of the league. 
what do you think is not working? And she took our opinions and it seems like like she's actually acted on things that, that we thought were not that fun about the league. So, I, I mean, personally, I'm seeing changes within the league and people will be, I mean, one of the criticisms I've been getting is like, oh, you're only saying that because you got co-streaming rights back. It's like, what? how the fuck? Like, I got banned for being too negative. <laughs> like, come on. Like, let's not let's not <laughs> pretend like I'm the guy that's fucking a shill that just bites my tongue and praises everything that, that, that somebody does just because I, I have privileges now. Like, I had co-streaming privileges last split and I was saying that the league felt not fun for the majority of, like, spring. Well, so, it's and, just and weird. Look, we can also reduce it to its most basic element, which is that turns out that talking to people and having them felt listened to who are major influencers in your community and making them happy can increase positive PR around your league. It's almost like that's a smart thing to do. I don't know. Weird. <laughs> I'm glad that novel there for are, Riot. <laughs> glad that there are more smart people in the uh, control there for the LCSs. They're turning a new page and, you know, I, I think my concern is... They, you know, Cutie Cinderella was fantastic, but you don't have Cutie Cinderella every week. There was a lot of prepared content as well. One thing that Dash always did beautifully was fill. If something's super broke and you needed time to buy, Dash could do that. He could fill forever. And that's a skill set that you, as a team thing, and you know, we'll see how this desk does it. But they tried different things. They tried story time with Emily and then the closer thing. They had Emily break down drafts. So you're not losing all the analytical stuff. They had uh, Newsday Today or whatever that little skit was with Jat and like the producers talking about the biggest link. So that's I mean, a lot of people. Let's, let's just be objective here, though. It is an asinine decision if you want to do a bunch of skits to get rid of a guy who literally has an, an acting degree from one of the <laughs> best acting schools in the world, Tish, at NYU. He acted that like Elsie was fun the for the last two years. <laughs> oh, like, my God. <laughs> you know how like, good of an actor I, I he has to be? <laughs> I just don't understand that specific choice. It's like you basically created a show that is more in Dash's wheelhouse than it was before. And you're like, yeah, he's the guy we don't need. Okay, okay, LCS. Hopefully they'll All just right. they'll just bring yeah. him back. Yeah. Well, it was said that he's still in the plans for the LCS. We'll see how it goes. Oh, get, here, get a, out of here. Get, get the a, fuck out of here. <laughs> a new start. A new start for the LCS. So that was our listen up, nephews. LCS fans, stand up. If you're not an LCS fan or you didn't like those changes, let us know in the comments below on this video. All right. Next up, we have our conversation time. It's Galaxy Brain Club, where we discuss with the Galaxy Brains. It's those two guys. It's not really me. I'm just kind of here. Uh, who is legit in the LCS after week one and getting to see it? So, All right. All right. I'm actually it. changing this on the fly. I'm going to say who is legit globally. Because okay. like, I think this is a good time to because L, uh, LPL just started back up again. And mm -hmm. like a lot of fans are have maybe haven't watched a lot of the games from around the world. So I think it's time to like call out like who we think are going to be the top teams. OK, well, let's get into it. Galaxy Brain Club, who's legit, not just in the LCS, but in the world. All right, Dom. I'm going to start with you since we're changing this one on the fly. Many people always look to you for LPL expertise from the Western world. So let's dive into it. What have you seen so far in uh, the most aggressive league in the world? Well, there's only been six days of LPL. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> like, be real hard. I, sorry, I threw you under the bus on this one, Doc. Yeah, it's I mean, like, there's, super hard to there's, say There's LPL one match right that JDG's played. I mean, I guess, shit, they're fucking legit, I guess. I don't know. Like, there it is. Thank you. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's I, what? It's two matches for LCS. It's four <laughs> matches for LEC. This is early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, th th this, is, this just gives your prediction skills up. To be fair, 
JDG ruler did look amazing in those first games. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he looks, he looks good. He looks like he'll acclimate. Well, also um, the, the like JDG, even though they, they did get behind at some points of the game, they actually seem like they kept their style intact for the most part, which is that they like have really, really good team fighting and they have good setups, which makes me think that more of that was coming from like the missing Kanavi uh, three, six, nine trio than from Yagao necessarily. So ideally if you have an upgraded mid laner, and you have like an upgraded AD carry, it should be a recipe to, to be legit. So I'm thinking like they're, they're still a team that's poised to be top four in the world. Like they'll probably be a, a minimum a semifinalist. That's it. Any other <laughs> LPL bright spots? Yeah, again, uh, for, I mean, you, for, you, you, you buying you buying IG and Dove's retransition to mid lane. So for those of you guys who don't know, Live Sandbox's top laner Dove, who was the worst player on that roster, has gone over and has now yeah, he, gone he back to the, mid lane. Well, he wasn't the worst player when he was a mid laner, though. Like that's the thing. Is no, like no, no, no. worst player on on top lane. Uh, of, yeah. he was the worst player on Live Sandbox last yes. year. That's yes. what I'm saying. When he was a top laner, because he was a mid laner, yes. he transitioned top. But when he yes. was a mid laner, he was fine. Like, I don't yes. think he's going to be insane, but he's going to be fine. Like, I don't know. What, what was he when he was in LCK? Top six-ish mid laner. I mean, that was a pretty competitive split of mid lanes. So maybe it would be like seven, but it would be in the 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 higher tier of mid laners where it's like, oh, you're all just like elite mid laners. You're LCK mid laners. And you had like a bottom three. He, he's fine. He He's not going to be probably amazing. The person that I'm actually excited about on IG's roster is You Should Know Me, their top laner, YSKM. I think that's just like such a fucking badass name, by the way. <laughs> name is You Should Know Me, YSKM. <laughs> and he came out, and in one of his first games, he just shit on one of the best top laners in the league, right? Like, he just played well into... Uh, it was Bin, I believe, right? Uh, he, shit, uh, he shit on one of... Uh, no, was it Bin? No, it was Breathe. Breathe? Sorry. He shit on Breathe. Um, dude, Ben and Breathe might as well be the same player, but yeah, he should have one of the lead <laughs> top laners in the league. Like, so, I mean, when you see that coming from a player and he's able to play all the aggressive champions, that's what you want to see out of somebody like that. It's, it's solid. You know, it, it's something that gives you hype. I don't think that IG is going to be a, a world's team, but I think they could be like top 10, which is way better than people were giving them credit for. I mean, on, on like the odds for, for, for their success, it was like they were 16th or something. Like I had them 12th or like 13th or something. And that was considered high. Like people really thought this team was going to suck and they're not bad. Yeah. Well, uh lane swap like dove will do that for you. Um, again, the break here in LPL was, it was for uh Chinese lunar new year, Chinese new year. Yeah. Right? Lunar new year. Yeah. Lunar new year. Yeah. So the matches will be picking back on up in a little bit. Uh, Monty, take us over to LCK. Give us a couple of runs on best teams of the world. I mean, I think I think it's pretty clear at this point that uh, there's there's basically T1 and D plus at the top tier, and they played an extremely good best of three against each other this past week that I think we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and then there's kind of a second tier that contains probably Genji and KT. Genji has looked they did get clapped in in week one by t1 but that was also their first game with their new bot lane and i think pays is a is a very promising rookie player he still makes some really stupid mistakes but his laning and team fighting have generally been quite good so i think the long term in the long term genji may be able to kind of claw their way back up into that upper tier I don't think KT has the the, the player for player firepower to con contest with those other three, um, but they look like they'll be a pretty solid um, mid tier team. Obviously, many people would have been excited about Hanwell Life's roster. They've been fucking. Have you horrible. really? Yeah, they've been horrible. But have you <laughs> completely on them? What? 
I, no, no, I haven't given up completely on them. Okay. I, they can't stay this bad. I refuse to believe that they can yeah. stay remain this bad. Uh, they'll get so, they'll get better. They'll get better. I mean, I I, w- I would like I know they they lost to KT, but I don't know if I would just say that they're guaranteed to be like worse than KT this split. You know? Well, they didn't just lose to KT. Yeah, they got shit on. <laughs> they they got one kill in each of two games. They got two kills in a best of three. Okay, yeah, so it wasn't like it, it, it's LCK. So there's only like four kills average in a best of three. So that, that's honestly pretty good. They got half the kills for the fucking relay. <laughs> all right, all right, fair enough. Uh, uh, but I think KT had like twelve or thirteen kills in most of the games. But it was it was a very one sided affair. But it's it's a long split. There there will be a second round robin. Hamwa uh, life obviously. It will be disastrous for LCK if they don't improve because they should be a top five team. And if they're not a top five team, it's basically just a waste of star star power on that roster. I think they just have some, they need to figure out how they're going to play the game as a team and maybe replace Clid with Dread. Um, yeah, but, that, that's that's the only part. They don't need to figure, they just need to kick Clid and then that's it. <laughs> like It's, a, it's a one one step solution. Any one but Clid. Look, Hanwha Life, you know I'm a, I'm a Dom Juan fan. I've still been playing. Look, I know what Clid's doing. I can do better than that shit. I've been I've been watching it. Like he's. It looks like he's intentionally losing the game. Hit me it up. Does, Hit me up. I'll play with Viper. It does look like he sometimes in the in some one v ones has just given up on life or like he lags out of the game and just dies. Yeah. I, I mean, it's weird. I mean, um, look. All I'm saying is, if you played with somebody like that in a solo queue game like that level of in like you'd report him like it's definitely reportable <laughs> gameplay but some of the Maokai games man I, I, I mean Hanwha Life is the roster I was most excited for because Viper is like one of my favorite players right and I wanted to see how he did in in Korea because obviously last time he was there he was on one of the worst teams which was insane to me like imagine that right before Viper the year before Viper won a world championship he was on like a one in fucking 15 team or whatever it was or was it one in 17 wait how many best of how many best of threes do they play? Do they play seven? Do they play 16 a team? 18, 18, 18. Uh, okay. Split. So they were like one in 17 then. Jesus. Yeah. I <laughs> wanted to see him perform and you know, it looks kind of rough. Also, this is the worst possible meta for life. Just if you think about life historically as a player, he's an engage only player. He was like the guy that was really insane in like the set meta when, when there was set support, when he's able to just play, even when set wasn't meta, he was actually still good at it. So I want to see, this team in a couple patches, they're buffing all the fucking hex flash champions. They're buffing Alistar, uh, Nautilus, Leona. I think all of those champions are getting uh, buffs in like 3.3. I think that'll be extremely healthy for this team because they need life to just be an engaged player. That's what his biggest strength is. And if they're able to incorporate that, then they'll just, they'll be significantly better right now. They're just, they're just like RNG, for example, in their bot lane, where they just don't have a support that's good at Enchanters. It's not as extreme, obviously, in RNG as it looks in, in Hanwha Life right now. But you just have, like, a, an engaged specialist, and you're in the worst possible meta. And it's been a while since we've had this amount of time where engaged supports really just felt not viable at all. Uh, well, Dom, that w- this was supposed to be a segment about which teams to watch, and Hanwha Life <laughs> has been horrible. So yeah. I do appreciate, though, that no, you know, I, w- I, I'm not a, I, I agree with you. I'm not as down on Hanwha Life as a lot of the fans are. Oh. And look, they're going to get absolutely Omega spanked by T1 this next week, but they have a very winnable game against a crappy DRX in the battle for who surprisingly sucks more in LCK. Um, but until they can turn around some of these games and get some of that, get some of that decisiveness, I agree that they, what they really lack is decisiveness and 
uh, ability to commit to plays because sometimes it's like one player goes in, the other player goes out, and then they end up losing a lot of these team fights. But th these players are too good. And even though we will never see Zeka and King in hit the world's high again, they should be better than this. And obviously Viper should be better as well. So we don't want these people, these players trapped in the hell that is Hanwha Life. And, and hopefully they'll make some changes in order to get that done. Bring in Dread, etc. So we brought up multiple LPL teams. We brought up three LCK teams that we think could be there. Anything for the West? Are we looking at LEC? We look at Hell no. We looking at G2 kind of figuring it out. Mad Lions being the, you know, any anyone, anyone here, any hope for the West. No, I, I like Vitality. I mean, I think I like Vitality, Vitality has, has has mechanically good players. Wait, who is who is your pick? Because I, I did um a tier list with Thorin. Monty, who is Vitality your pick? Vitality was number one for me. Oh, uh, me too. Me too. I was also I know, bought I saw in yours. On on the vitality hype train i i feel like just the the mechanical ability is just so high and that's really really important also i'm just like a bow fanboy you know yeah, that's, thought, that's the real reason boy? i mean you don't yep. lie did you know how good photon was no i never watched a game of him i just knew that he came from t1 challengers <laughs> i didn't either I, I but <laughs> i knew he came from t1 challengers and they just have an insane track record but to me, I just like, I believe in the other players, right? I, I thought yeah. that Neon and Kaiser would be better than this. But I mean, Bo is like, he's he's real, man. He's the real fucking deal. My, my uh, logic for this was that Photon didn't really have to be good. He just had to be okay and play weak good, side. Though. But he is good. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like, I saw that first game um, that they, that they played and they... They stole the win from Fnatic and like a lot of it was his TPs and his decision making uh, coming in on the flanks. And like that was it was very impressive for me to see a, a player come in at that level. Um, so, yeah, I've been I was very pleasantly surprised by him. And then I had a lot more faith in, in Vitality overall. Now, I did have Excel as number two, and that was um, that's the surprise, though. right? <laughs> I think everyone had them rated as like, hey, this is a team that could be as high as maybe second and as low as like, you know, fifth fourth fifth somewhere around there yeah i i think like you know there 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 was a really strong start obviously for g2 as well where they just came out of the gate crushing and showing a lot of obviously interesting picks like the 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 uh zach into the silas yeah, like, that we also yeah. saw at worlds um so it was fun to see that come back and have caps play because we we know that caps was playing it a lot in solo queue at worlds um and then we we saw it pop up here and there but this was I think G2 still has a lot of potential overall. And obviously SK has been a really surprising team, but I had heard that SK was actually extremely good in, in scrims coming into um, the LEC. So I was a bit surprised by their lackluster week one performance, but now they're coming off of wins against both G2 and Vitality. Um, so, you know, showing they're kind of legit. Uh, any love to put uh, FlyQuest in anywhere? Yeah, sure. I yeah, mean, they're, sure. Yeah, they're they're kind of like Vitality tier where they have looks like really insane players. So good individual skill. No team really looks that clean macro wise outside of T1. But like T1, they just kept the same roster together, so they they have an yeah. advantage, obviously. Um, in in that respect. But I mean, that being said, like if you want to go like a top four uh, in the world right now, I, I don't five. know. Go five. I'm going five. Top okay, five. I mean top top five in the, in the well. I don't want I don't want to do top five. Let's just say top three in the world <laughs> will right, be yeah, P one yeah. D plus. I'm I'm just gonna call them Dom one for the rest of their lives. By the way, I'm never calling them <laughs> D plus again. Just so you guys know, T one, Dom one, and JDG. Those are the three teams to look at. Fair. 
Yeah, I think I think the thing with FlyQuest is even though they're they've been very convincing, they don't even have their full roster yet, so it's difficult to get a final read on them. But I was extremely excited at uh, Vikla and Prince coming over because if you guys watched LCK and saw KT and Liv Sandbox playing, you would have known that these guys are really quite good players. And also kind of feels bad that they're not in LCK anymore, especially Prince. But I mean, I guess it's a big win for NA FlyQuest with this roster, especially considering Impact often performs well internationally. Like this team might actually be able to get a win or two. All right. Well, we'll find out. Those are the top teams in the world and a really long discussion about uh, Hanwha Life. <laughs> <laughs> and also right. Hanwha Life, who hopefully yeah. will join their number at some point in time. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's Galaxy Brain Club. Next up, we've got High Key, Low Key, No Key, where we talk about, you know, like where, where are we feeling about a certain topic this week? It's about rookie players in 2023. High Key, Low Key, No Key. Let's get to it. All right, Monty, let's start with you on the high key and rookies. We'll go globally about what you're excited about. Uh, gonna globally, pick I'm going to pick pays. <laughs> I can he, just, know, right. he knows me too well. <laughs> <laughs> Monty's are, really are good at the callback. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. Like, it's like right. I knew Dom. I, I did before he did BDLS. I knew Dom was going to put Vitality at number one for because of Bo. He knows I'm going to pick Pays as uh, as the rookie. But no, I think in all seriousness, he's been doing very well in lane. He's been doing extremely well in team fights, and he has been listening to the way that Genji. I think he's integrated very well into the way they played the game with their lane assignments and macro, because that is the identity of Gen G that has remained from last season to this season, which is that they are super smart about how they apply pressure on the map. They are super smart about how they manipulate minion waves, how they don't lose any CS, how they don't lose farm, how they take over the enemy jungle. Now, have there been moments that Pace has had, Pace moments, where he will just overextend, randomly die, um, now, this hasn't resulted, for the most part, in them losing very important objectives. Like, he dies at not bad times, but some of his deaths are just so phenomenally stupid um, that they, <laughs> they make me, they just, like, make me laugh a lot. And I think some of the deaths are his fault. Some of the deaths, such as in their game against T1, when Faker made that crazy tower dive in the mid lane on Lissandra, you just, he would never have encountered that before as, as a player in the amateur scene. Like, that is a T1 special and only T1's going to do that to you, and you just don't understand the threat you're under unless you've played against T1 before and, and have seen their playmaking abilities. So I don't fault him for all of those deaths. Um, some of them are certainly his fault, but I think that he will adapt very quickly, and his fundamentals are extremely solid. His champion pool looks really good. And for a player that had to step up into fill the shoes of one of the very best players in the, if not the best player in that position in the world, it was going to be hard for him to live up to those expectations. And while he's not ruler, he's quite good. He's quite good. All right. There you go. Pays over there for Gen G. Dom, go ahead and talk about your boy. <laughs> oh, well, Bo's not technically a rookie to me. So I was going to go somebody else, somebody who I talked about already on the show, but you should know me. That's my, uh, that's my, my <laughs> high key, my high key pick. I just feel like he, he's such a sick player. I, I love seeing top laners that just have that play style. Um, I'm just biased. Like, I just think it, re it requires more skill to be able to pilot champions like 
Jax Fiora, Camille, like th th those types of champions, I just think are more like entertaining to watch. Um, and yeah, I mean, just the thing about uh, a rookie over at LPL or, or like LCK is you don't start out and like, okay, well, we just like ease our way into LEC or LCS. And then eventually, you know, maybe we go to MSI, get our ass kicked and come back. No, it's you're just playing against Breathe, who is one of the best top laners of Worlds last year in your first series and you're just performing well. So for me, I'm pretty excited about uh, seeing him. Also, he's just a, he's just a fucking giga Chad. Like if you just see, see their, their entrance onto the stage from IG, they're just, they're just a giga Chad team. All right. For me, I think I go into Europe and pull out the guy replacing Yankos in Yike, who is hopped on in and, it's it's feast or famine, and I love that. About I mean, it. I did the, watch wins, Mo just poop on it. Yeah, he, he, yes. got he got he got high key sodomized by, by Mo. <laughs> like, Wait, we, we, yes, but that's Mo. That's Mo, right? You guys, yeah. and plus my my purview of rookies is a lot smaller than your guys's, so that's why I was like, hey, look, he's come into a very difficult spot replacing someone like a ruler of an organization, maybe slightly less Yankos. You know, he's been there for such a long time, but he's not caps. But still, replacing a stalwart of an organization organization and they've kept up four and two he's been instrumental in the wins and he's been muted in the losses but that is what you want out of a rookie to have those type of experiences early on to not be afraid of the moment to to dictate the game and so uh that's what i like about uh yike here filling it in and i feel like he's gonna have himself a pretty good split um okay next up let's go loki someone that's like under the radar or someone that might pop off here that maybe people haven't heard of in terms of rookies that that you're excited about do you have one ready because i do if you guys are yeah i was gonna pick yike who did like fall down a little bit especially because i also think yike um he has benefited a lot from early game set plays like level ones and you know he's been on rails a little bit in terms of the script and i think the coaching staff has probably done that for him which is just good coaching right um yeah there's nothing wrong with that, but I do think he has been, his performance has been buoyed by the fact that they have been, I think G2 has been, and Dylan Falco have been very specific about what they want to do and coming in with strong early game plans in order to make, to, to limit error. Um, and I, I actually think like, I guess I'll, I'll switch just for funsies to Exekick, uh, who had some had a very good laning performance today and I think has been promising overall. He's been around for a long time in the amateur scene, but now he's finally getting to kind of show off at the professional level. And he's been, I think, a, a really welcome surprise on an SK gaming team that I don't think most people expected anything out of coming coming into this season. All right. Dom? Yeah, I would say I'm low-key excited for Yeon still. I know they ended up losing, but I thought in their losses, he actually looked pretty solid. He looked like the better of the two rookies um, on that TL team. And even though he's surrounded by a lot of big names, I think that he's been playing competitive now for long enough. Like, he spent two years actually grinding for this, and he's somebody who tries really hard to, you know, play well um, and practice hard, you know, just be, be a top-tier pro. He really has his mindset on that. I'm I'm low key excited for him. Obviously, I would be higher key. I would be a little bit more excited if they didn't start zero two. But I'm I'm still pretty excited for him. <laughs> yeah, I think for me then, uh, Jan was my first one. I had a second one ready. Give me Diplex. Diplex filling into yeah. this Cloud Nine role and doing his job. And that's from a baseline. Just do your job. You got a lot of parts around you that are going to go ahead and be very vocal. You got Blabber that's going to lead the line there. You've got Fudge that likes to talk about the game a, a ton in-game as well. Just do your job. That was something that, you know, we'll see how they stretch out his champion pool a little bit more. 
so that they don't get stuck in the same place that Cloud9 did with Jensen, where it's like, okay, now we have to play around Jensen's pool. Diplex being younger, maybe more agile to play, different types of things. Hopefully that'll change things up for Cloud9, but a good start for the new mid laner for Cloud9. Uh, and let's close it off with a no key excitement. Something, so a rookie that's just like, I don't know, man, probably, probably not it. Uh, Tom, I, you, you got a little grin. Let's go there. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say the person that I'm no key excited for is uh, the new AD carry for Fnatic. Um, he just doesn't like, he just, he looks so overly passive. Like, I, I don't know, every time that there's a fight that starts, he's running away. Like, I feel like he can carry these games a lot higher. He plays, so. he plays through his KDA, like, won't yeah. clean up fights because he's afraid of dying. Yep. <laughs> I would just, I would say that I'm no key excited for Fnatic's new AD carry. Wow, harsh. <laughs> All right, Monty, what you got? Uh, I'm going to pick Harry, who's the, the new mid laner for Team Liquid. I think I haven't really seen anything that I would consider a key strength of his. It, you know, I'm not seeing crazy mechanical outplays. I'm seeing a lot of macro mistakes. He, he'll wander off into the, the wrong lane at times. Um, and I think Team Liquid is a, as a whole is really lacking in that macro aspect. Like they have kind of no idea what they're doing on the map and no team identity and no real presence. But I think it's very, very difficult to play in the LCS with a domestic mid laner uh, and see any level of success. So I don't know where you go with this guy. And I think he is just going to be a black hole of pressure and in the wrong place on the map throughout the rest of the season. And I'm pretty down on Team Liquid overall because I don't see this group of players coming together. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point there, Monty, in terms of success. And a lot of people will point to like, hey, look, uh, JoJo Pune has been able to do it. But that is not the, that is the outlier, not the rule, right? And so well, that's also, where... Also, I mean, even even with with JoJo, I would make an argument that he was a major contributor in throwing to CLG. Uh, oh, yeah. Also because he didn't know where to be on the map. Um, oh, yeah. Sophomore slump, <laughs> hopefully for JoJo. I think for me, because of those factors, I look at a kid who got thrown in, and this is less about his fault and more about the organization, the role that he's playing, the, the situation that he's put in. Young, who I think held his own well against JoJo early on in that very first game. Uh, I was watching Challengers League earlier, and he had a good week with Golden Guardians Challenger, whatever it's called, uh, in the Challengers League. And then all of a sudden, they get called up to play this week. He said he didn't have a ton of notice beforehand. He said, hey, you might play a week beforehand. And then they told him, like, I think the well, day Well, I mean, they're not like, supposed hey, to have him, right? They're supposed to have yeah. Corey. So. Yeah, I know, I know. But <laughs> So I'm saying it's less about Young. Because I think I like Young. I think he his laning didn't look as great, but that's going to happen because he doesn't play against other pressuring mid laners. But his team fighting looked okay. His gank setup looked okay. But it's not exciting because he's a North American mid laner playing on Golden Guardians who isn't going to get many other opportunities. So I think it's more the situation and the role that he plays and less about the player itself. It's a little cheating, but I wanted to give him a shout out because I feel like he's put in a very tough situation and did okay. He did okay. Uh, all right. Well, that, that is high key, low key, no key for the rookies of 2023. If you're high key excited about one, let us know in the comments below.
All right, to close out today, it's time to look into the crystal ball and that crazy crackhead mind of Dom there. Sorry, dude, I just threw that in there. Let's see what Dom has to do with our first episode of Nostradamus. All right, so this prediction, this, this Nostradamus moment is not going to be what we normally do. Normally, I'll predict like the results of a game or a team that I think will do really well. But... Instead, we're going to we're going to predict that Abadage is going to be replacing Vedio for for the next week because I feel like this team needs to do something. I talked about it earlier and it just seems like it makes the most sense. Like if you have a sub, if you're going to sign a a sub that's of that caliber, what better time to use them than when you're 1-5, your back is up against the wall and then on top of that your players are like completely mentally broken tweeting out like depressing tweets, crying on stage after the second week. This is your time to actually use your sub if you were intending to, to use him at all. And it doesn't seem like he would be there to be a streamer or some other, um, you know, job within the organization. So I, I think that this is, this is the most logical thing for XL to do. And I hope they do it going forward. Any, any more additions there, Monty, in terms of it? No, I agree. Like, look, you're, you're one in five. You need to win at probably at least two of your three next games, if not three of your three next games to make it through to the next phase of the LEC. Otherwise, you are going to spend the next few weeks just retooling your roster and uh, being scrim fodder for other teams that are continuing to play on stage. So I think Dom's right. This is the time to do it. Globally. Uh, is there someone else in a position like that uh, when it terms of in terms of like having a sub of that caliber? The only ones things that come into mind, uh, the unforgiven behind Doublelift and MNS behind Diplex. Those are the two that I'm like, eh, but not that those guys are underperforming like the way that VTO has. But is there another one out there? No, but Clid, Clid probably should be replaced, but there is no sub. No. By literally anyone. <laughs> literally. It doesn't matter if there's a sub, man. Literally. <laughs> fucking. I, I don't know who the owner owner of Dom one is but just have coma play <laughs> like just <fuck> it. Like, <laughs> isn't he like gold that's probably uh, higher I, than i mean Blim. you you say that you know, i think there are actually better options literally on this roster dandy and mowgli are coaches on this oh. team <laughs> <laughs> totally dandy and mowgli forgot. are are the two coaches uh on okay. hanwha life and you're not going to convince me that they shouldn't at least try one of them <laughs> OGN slash LCK slash uh how is it North American Challenger League great dandy as well. Um we'll see what they do in the future. Thank you very much for for Nostradamus for his prediction uh this week. Uh to close out the day, uh we like to leave you with the best match of the week, the best one that we saw, and I think Across the league sphere, it was pretty clear which one it was. It was uh, D+, plus, also known as Damwon to Dom, and T1 going head-to-head -head for the first time in the LCK season. Monty, it was a hell of a treat of a three-game series. I was really fucking good. Uh, the highlights of this, it was, it was a very high-level series. T1 was extremely punishing over minor, I would say pretty minor mistakes um, that we saw from D+, plus, uh, including, well, especially in Game 3, where they basically turned a chunk in, off of Showmaker in the mid lane into the game after, after some mistakes were made in the bot lane and Faker got a level 6 triple kill on Kassadin. Uh, yep. It was it's pretty much lights out at that point in time, but it felt like both of these teams had had opportunities to win the series. We saw insanely good plays from Canyon. Um, we saw 
the, the crazy mind games that are going on right now, because previously D plus had come in dominating in the bot lane with, with the Lucian and the Nami. And then we had seen T one coming into this game with of course, like support Ash and support Caitlin. They pulled out the support Callista with the Draven yep. in game three. So it was very interesting from a meta perspective. There was, um, after the Lucian and Nami were, we had a bunch of AD bans to prevent T1 shenanigans. Then they picked Lucian Nami. Then the answer from from D plus was a Guardian bone plating shield bash uh, Yumi alongside Zeri, which traded surprise. It was surprisingly good. Um, so there was some like it was some dark tech to counter the dark tech. Like it, it was really it was very intellectually stimulating if you're a league fan. Tons of weird shit, tons of really creative plays, tons of creative team compositions. This this series was world class. It was great. Yeah, uh, LCS fans definitely go watch it, but don't 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 watch it too much. Don't watch it too hard. You know, like that's that's not really for us for LCS fans. But if you do want to try to see what good League <laughs> of Legends is like, we can go watch. Oh, what, did Dom, what did Dom think about it? Because like I was very entertained. Um, yeah, I, I liked it, and I mean, it's it's a weird take because Domwon lost, but I actually think it looked like almost better for Domwon in a way because considering that they like replace, I mean, there's two, there, there's I guess there's three remaining players, but they changed their AD carry and their top laner. That's yep. that's a big fucking difference right there. They're able to play, I mean, a pretty competitive series against a team that has a it lot could of have been two O D plus. That that was like yeah, a, a, an option 100%. on the table. Yeah, so I mean, I thought I thought it was I thought it was good. Also, I mean, just when you're watching Domwon's games, I think Deft is actually playing better. Um, than he did even at Worlds. Like, it seems like he's, yeah, he's really in form. Right um, and, uh, like, the biggest issue that I've, I've had, uh, or, like, the biggest criticism I had of him at Worlds was his laning just didn't seem that good compared to, like, you know, Ruler and Guma. It just looks like he would be automatically down just, like, 20, 30 CS. And for the most part, it doesn't seem like he's having these these laning issues. I mean, obviously, they got duo killed by the, the Draven Callista um, in lane. But to me, that's more of, like, you, oh, you picked an Enchanter and now everyone's just realized that if you pick an enchanter to carry, he's going to play Caitlyn. He's going to play. He's going to play every single AD carry in the book because essentially, what people figured out, what what Carrie figured out, I, I should say, is that it's not really just that like Ash has like the E scouting tool and the ulti that makes it such a broken pick. Those are bonuses, but the real thing that makes Ash so broken into these enchanters is that she could walk up with Halo Blades and just trade their fucking face off in lane and just keep them under turret, sack the spell thieves, and have perma bot pressure. Um, and yeah, now if you're picking an enchanter into him, you're just trolling. Like, don't pick Nami, don't pick Lulu, don't pick Yumi, don't like, don't let him counterpick you. If you're red side, you better save support for fucking R5. Like, don't let this guy counterpick you because he is going to have something that will absolutely skew the game. And I think that it's, uh, it, it more shows that this is one of the strongest things you can do in League of Legends to support counterpick on bot lane. Support counterpick counter on bot lane seems like the most punishing that you can get. Like, just with with how all the the champions counter each other. If you pick engage, there's champions like Brom that come out, Tom Kench, Alistar. Uh, if you pick enchanters, you can pick all these ranged carries. If you pick, you know, the Brom, Tom, whatever blind, you can pick enchanters into it, and they're really strong. It feels like there's always such a big stylistic counter you can go for in belt lane. Um, and the thing is, you can pair a lot of these picks with like similar champions. Like you could play a kill lane with a Varus, or you could play a poke lane with a Varus, like Varus Ash, or you could even play an Enchanter with a Varus if it's good enough, or you could pick a Braum with a Varus. It feels like all these champions are versatile enough to allow or you... Or Leona with Varus, which has been popping yeah. up more recently. Yeah, you can you can go into your bag and just, like, find a champion that's that's going to be able to pair and, and allow you to have that pressure in lane. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think right now, Carrie is really just, like, teaching the rest of the world 
how fucking broken support counterpick is if it's utilized correctly and you have a player that's mechanically proficient enough to to play the whole roster of available champions. Without yeah, I also want to I also want to sing the praises of Kellen very quickly because he has been really quite good and it it has been a bit one note like obviously he's played mostly Nami but it was him with the weird ass you know Yumi runes that showed what you can do into the the Lucian Nami matchup with the Yumi and the uh, the Zeri together but he's quietly amassed a, over all their games so far they've played 9 games he has died only 8 uh, nine times, and he has a 92.7% kill participation rate across nine games. And it is easier on enchanters to get assists and get your kill participation up, but that is pretty insane that he has been just basically in the right place at the right time. Part of that has been D-plus has been very aggressively playing through the bot lane, um, which means that he gets the early kills and then he transitions into the team fights later on to continue getting that that high KP. But he has been really, really good, and it seems like that partnership with deft is already very effective all right well there you have it if you haven't gone and watched it, the whole series head on back on over to youtube and uh take a look at it because it was very very fun to watch uh and of course the casters did a great job of breaking it down as well i think it was chronicler and atlas on the call uh so great job homies over there all right y'all that does it except for you monty because Dom already knows this one. It is Degon's Fact of the Week, sponsored by no one. LCS. Because, you know, right. whatever. Uh, TSM, CLG, Cloud9. Historic orgs of the league, all 2-0. When was the last time that all three orgs were 2-0? 2016? He's a piece of shit for this one. The answer is never. Right it is now? Historic. Oh, yeah. God, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. right. It's the first I time ever that. that all three That's orgs fine. have never. Because a lot of the time, TSM plays Cloud9 or CLG to open the year, and then the dominant That's years fair. of TL. That's actually a really good point because of the scheduling that would have normally happened. But because TSM has been so garbage, they wouldn't have actually put them in premier <laughs> matchups at the, at the start. Jeez. All right. Well, yeah, okay. that is true. In those premier matchups, it was against the other premier team. So very interesting. Everyone was like, ah, oh, what year are we in? It's like, nah, that's never happened before. This is cool. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a new TSM year. It's a, it's, a new, it's a glorious new LCS era. All right. Well, y'all, uh, that does it for this week's episode of Power Spike. One more time, if you haven't subscribed to our Last Free Nation YouTube channel, make sure to do that in the description below or all of our links where you can catch all of our content in all of its glorious forms. If you like short form, don't worry. We got the TikTok ready for you. Twitter, Twitch is uh, at insight on esports so that you don't miss any of your esports content here, not only just for League, but across multiple different titles. Uh, closing thoughts, Monty and Dom? Uh, any I mean, games you're uh, what what games are you looking forward to this week, Dom? In LPL. Um, I haven't looked at the whole schedule yet, actually. Let me let me check it out. Let me check it out. I think so. Today there wasn't good games. We have IG versus EDG. Looking forward to that. LNG versus RNG. That's those are both on Wednesday. So Wednesday should be just a banger day in general. Um and then where there's uh, NIP who actually lost today. So, I mean, it's not as hype, but NIP versus JDG, Ninjas in Pajamas, they they looked good in their in their first match. They looked not so good yesterday or today, I guess, earlier today. So I'd say those are, are actually the biggest ones um, to me right now. And then if you want like the, the match of the week, I'm pretty sure the match of the week is Weibo versus uh, BLG. So that's like two teams that projected top six. BLG, they always come with the super team these years. So 
they, they've got another super team. We'll see if it actually ends up, you know, being good. Wable actually looked really good um, in their first game, which is surprising because, you know, the shy is on the team. Besides for the game where he just completely ran it down, but he just does that. He just picked Nidalee top and just completely ran it down for no reason. He just, I don't know why he does that, but he continues to do it. So besides for that game, they've looked really good. Nidalee top, <laughs> baby. And yes, NIP is in the LPL. They bought Victory 5's yeah. P5. No, they've, they merged. Technically, they merged with Victory 5, and then they took the NIP name, but they, they basically like formed from the Swedish org and the Chinese org together is what happened. Um, LCK, uh, if you guys don't know, Gen G versus D+, slash Dom Juan, whatever you want to call them, that's coming up this week. There's also uh, T1 versus Hanwa. Maybe that will be good. <laughs> Who can know? Who can know? Uh, otherwise, those are probably the two best overall matches that we've got coming up this week. Um, and then for those of you guys who want to watch the other leagues, I'm gonna it's surprising that I have to say I get to say this, but FlyQuest and C9 and FlyQuest or CLG versus C9 might be the two best games of this week. Shockingly. Good week for C9. Uh, and then LEC C9 fan. And then LEC, because they actually have a good format now. Turns out that a lot of the fucking games are interesting. Yeah, it's they weird. all fucking matter. <laughs> it's weird when you have a good format, how suddenly games become more interesting. I wonder if we could learn anything from this. Yeah, it's slow learning. Learn it's slow learning, Mods. Come on, we're making, we're making baby steps, You know, it's, it's almost like, you know, I really love the fact that LEC swapped into having three tournament formats a year. It's almost like that's what what OGN did in Korea before Riot told them that they couldn't do that anymore. And it was really fun. And then now we have it back. I, I mean, who am I to say that we could have had this the entire time? Um, I don't know. But it is there are going to be a lot of like really fun games because obviously with XL and Fnatic and potentially even Koi, you know, in that dumpster. Uh, they're going to be fighting for their bitter life to make top eight. And that will be fun, even though they're not the greatest they haven't been the greatest teams like we expected all those teams to be much better all right well there you have it y'all thank you so much for watching a lot of league content to watch this week and we'll cover it all next week on the next episode of power spike thank you